Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. I'm sorry that I have a sermon for you guys today. That was enough. That was all we needed today. Great job, Bekwa. All right. My name is Zach Nottingham. I'm Brian and Dana's son. And uh, this is actually, even though most of you probably don't know me, uh, this is my home church. This is where I grew up. And uh, I love coming back. I got, I got to bring my, my two sons uh, today. And, um, and I've got a wife and two beautiful girls at home. I wish they could be here as well. But uh, we always love coming to visit you guys. This is such an amazing church. And I really appreciate you having us today. Uh, since I've been here in the last few weeks visiting my family, um, we've gotten to do a lot of great things already. Um, this weekend we got to go to Swakop, and uh, it's Swakop's just great. It's just a, it's, it's, it's like the, all of the all, all of the best parts uh, in a teaser trailer for Namibia in Swakop, and uh, and so we we got to see the sights and eat the food and and climb the sand dunes. I'm still sore today from Dune Seven. We did that yesterday. But um, one of the things we got to do was go and look at the uh, street vendors and the, the different things that they sell there. Maybe you true Namibians don't even do this. Uh, it's, maybe it's only for tourists. But, uh, but the boys wanted to go grab some things that we could take back home. And uh, it reminded me of something I did back when I lived here in Namibia. Uh, I was graduating from high school. And I decided, my, my parents wanted to give me something nice. I said, you can have this much money. I think it was several hundred dollar, US dollars that she was, they were offering for me to spend on something. And they said, let's, let's give you a memento, something that you can take with you to the States when you go to university. And so I thought really hard about what I wanted to do and what, what I wanted to get. And so I decided I wanted a really nice coffee table that was carved by the Namibian artists. And, uh, and so we started looking and, and eventually um, even ordered one. Uh, and, and went to Okahanja and found there this beautiful, it's about this big, this beautiful coffee table, has the big five in it, and the, the legs are elephants coming out the bottom, this beautiful piece of art, and it was, it was going to remind me of Namibia everywhere I go, and, and I was so proud of this, I was so excited. We also have this, this piece of glass cut just for it, it was, it was not perfectly uh, symmetrical, so we had this, per, this piece of glass cut for it, and so I took these back to the States. And, um, and I'm, I'm so sad. I, I sat there in Swakop thinking about this, counting the years since that moment. I haven't used that table one time. Isn't that a shame? I, so I, I got to the States, and I started living with all these relatives. And so they all, all have their own furniture. And so it just stayed in the storage there. And then I went to university, and then I uh, started living on campus and uh, didn't trust my, uh, my roommates to take care of my things. So I, I was like, let's keep it in storage for a little while longer until I get my own place. Then I got my own place and only lived in my own place for a short amount of time before I got married. And so then we got married and quickly had children. And then my children look really good right now, and they're awesome. They're very well behaved when they need to be. But um, I was not going to have this giant piece of glass in my, my living room the older they got. For example, uh, the other day, Shane lost a tooth and uh, was so proud. He came to me so proud holding this tooth and Jake was so proud about it as well and they, they went on to tell me that he didn't pull the tooth like you normally do. Jake karate kicked him in the face <laughs> and the tooth came out. Uh, so th- those are my sons who I love dearly 
and they were very proud of that moment. I just celebrated with them. I was like, well done. And so, uh, and so that's, I'm, you can understand why I wouldn't want a giant piece of glass in my living room. Uh, but it just, it made me so sad about that. I was like, what a shame this has been in storage. And odds are, I haven't seen it in a while, so I keep moving it from attic to attic or basement to basement. Odds are, if I open it up, it's probably not going to be in very good condition. I'm sad about that. And uh, you, I, I look at that, and I look at myself, and I say, how ridiculous that I would do that, that I would have this beautiful gift and then never use it. I, I, I was thinking about it, just walking through all the beautiful artwork, and I was like, what a shame especially since it represented my, my home country, Namibia, I love, whom I love so much. What a shame that I never used this. And um, it really is a good picture, actually, of what we do on a regular basis with God's grace. We're talking about grace in these few weeks. Of, uh, you guys have already been doing it for a few weeks. Amazing grace. When I say grace, I'm not talking about grace as in a ballerina is elegant and, and graceful, but the grace, the gift of God uh, that while we were still sinners, he loved us so much to send his son to die for us. That even though you have messed up and I have messed up, we have the gift of Christ's love. What a gift. But the problem is, so often we receive this gift and then we store it away. We take this gift and we put it in storage for, for who knows how long. I know I've done that before. Um, that's something that we do as believers. And the question is, why do we do that? Why do, we, why do we store away this grace? Why do we, when, when Christ has loved us, why do we hold on to our love and not share that with somebody else? If, if God has forgiven us, why do we hold on to our forgiveness so tightly and not forgive those who have wronged us? Um, if, if someone has had the grace to share the message of the gospel so that we can receive God's grace, how can we not be sharing the gospel to other people? We just sit on this grace and do nothing with it sometimes. We're all guilty of that at different times. But I'm here to tell you, and we'll see in, in God's word, that grace is, is something that leads to action. When it is used properly, it is something that is useful for the Christian life, and it is something that can't be sat on. It is something that, that needs to be exercised, and there has to be action that follows grace. Um, a few verses to back this up. Uh, uh, Ephesians, let's go ahead and look at the first slide. Ephesians um, 2, 8 through 10. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And so he's saying we're not, earning, we're not earning our grace by doing good works, but as a reflection of that, verse 10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You see how it works. We receive God's grace first, and then it leads into good works. Um, Galatians says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Romans, Romans 6 says, how can we keep on sinning just so that grace can abound? No. He says, by no means should we ever do that. Uh, we love because Christ first loved us. You see how this works? And so I wanted to look at Paul. We've been kind of reflecting on different individuals in the Bible. Uh, who, uh, to sh who showcase God's amazing grace. And, um, and Paul really sh just struck me as I was thinking about this concept of how grace leads to action. I was thinking how Paul models it so beautifully. Paul is one of the great people in the Bible. I, I think he's, he's one of my favorites. Under, under Jesus, he is the man. I think he's awesome. He, uh, he has done so much for, for you and for me. Christianity wouldn't be what it is today 
if not for the work that Paul did. His missionary journeys, his, uh, his written word that God used to speak through, uh, God, God spoke through him to write down. I mean, he's responsible for so much of the New Testament that we have today, what we're going to read in today. Um, he suffered for Christ. He did so many things. He preached the gospel all over the, the, the world at that time, what they understood to be the world. And, and he suffered. He was shipwrecked. He was sick. He was hungry. He was, he was beaten. He was stoned. And eventually, he gave his life for Christ. And so we look at this great man, but look at what he says about himself. Let's read together. Starting in uh, 1 Timothy, um, starting in verse chapter 1, verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of who I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So this great man talks about himself in this terrible way. He talks about this awful, awful past where he was literally uh, sitting at, at the, the, the feet of, uh, of Stephen as they're stoning him. The first martyr that we have record of was stoned with, with Paul sitting at the feet, approving of what was happening sitting there while people laid their jackets next to him, and, and he's just sitting there approving of what's happening. Uh, he went on to go and imprison Christians. He went on and, and persecuted them and, and spoke against them and, and was violent, he says. Not just imprisoning them, but he was violent. Uh, different words, uh, uh, different uh, commentators think that, that that word not only means violent, but that he was, he was violent in a way that was unnecessary that he inflicted pain in unnecessary ways just for the, for the point of doing that because he was so against Christianity. So he's saying he's the worst of sinners. And, uh, and for some of us, that's weird. We think of, you know, St. Paul, this guy who is, I mean, we even have schools named after him. Uh, this guy who was, some, anybody, St. Paul's people, where are you at? No, nobody? Here we go. All right. Uh, and so we have this, this thought of him being one of the greats. And I wanted to point that out first and foremost, because the first problem that we have when it comes to being stagnant in our faith, when it comes to receiving grace but sitting still, is that we compare ourselves to the greats, whether they're in the Bible or in this room. We've got some great people in this room that you might be comparing yourself today. But look in the Bible. Paul points out all of his flaws. He's a sinner just like you and me. Uh, the greats, think of other great people, the, the ones that are in Sunday school, probably the ones that are being taught about right now uh, for these kids uh, downstairs. Think about Abraham, uh, Jacob, Moses, uh, David. You think, we think all these great things, and there's so many sermons that are taught about these guys. I mean, Abraham, he was so great for his faith. Jacob, he was the founder of, the, of, of Israel, all of his sons to develop the different tribes. Moses did all these amazing wonders uh, for, in Egypt. And David, of course, I mean, a man after God's own heart. So we look at these people and we say, these are great people doing great things for God. They've, they've received this amazing power from God to do amazing things. I'm not like that. I can't do great things. I'm, I'm nowhere near the level of these people. We raise them up on these lofty places. 
And the thing is, all those people were messed up at times. If you read any of their stuff, I mean, Abraham was a coward. He, uh, he, he hid uh, from, from Pharaoh by allowing Pharaoh to sleep with his wife. Go back and read that story. Uh, uh, Moses was a murderer and a coward. He ran away and, and, and had great difficulty doing the things God has called him to do. Jacob was a con man. Uh, David was a murderer as well. And if you read the, depending how you read things, he was either an adulterer or a rapist. And so these are the people that we lift up higher than ourselves. I say no. These are people that we, we shouldn't look at the Bible like that. We need to be like David. Yes, there are certain things we can glean off of them when they got it right. But the main thing I think we should take from their stories is that they needed a savior just like you and me. They needed grace. And that's what Paul is saying. Whenever, if you feel like today that you can't move, you receive God's grace, but you can't do something about it because you are too bad. I've heard this many times. I'll talk to someone about Jesus or I'll, I'll try to take them to the next step. Maybe you should leave a Bible study. Maybe you should lead prayer. And they'll say things like this. They'll say, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've done. And I say the same thing. You don't know what I've done. I've, I've done terrible things as well. I need, I need grace just like you. And then Paul goes on to say, that's why he's saying this. He says uh, in verse 15, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. If you are a sinner, feeling like a sinner today, he came to save you. He loves you that much. And he says, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who believe on him and receive eternal life. Saying, if he can fix me, he can fix you. So don't hold on to that anymore. Don't sit on that grace anymore. It's time to get moving. Don't let that hold you back. The next one that I think is very, very common, and it's kind of similar. Like I pointed out, there are great people in this room. Very often, out of, it can also be out of insecurity, similar to what we just said, but, um, but I think a lot of times, maybe out of just laziness, we, we throw all the responsibility on some great person we know. It could be your pastor, it could be your worship leader, it could be, it could be your tech guy, it could be the, the paid Christians, the people on your staff. And so whenever someone says, you need to share the gospel with someone, you need to take the grace that you have and share it with the world, you could say, oh, I mean, I'll bring someone to church, but I want, I want them to do the work. I want the paid Christians to do the work. I want the people who have gone to seminary, the people who have studied, the people uh, who are getting a salary for this, who have the position and the title to do all the work. And the fact is, if you read the New Testament, it doesn't work that way. In fact, Paul didn't get a salary from what he was doing, right? I mean, he definitely was an apostle and had great authority. But look throughout scripture, Jesus healing the, the, the demoniac. And he says, go home and tell your, your family about what God has done for you. He didn't say, okay, listen, first go to seminary, create a CV and get a really good resume going. I mean, turn that in, get a good job as a pastor, then go and tell your friends about Jesus. No, that's not the way it works. All of us, Matthew 28, are called to share the grace that has been given to us to the world to see God do amazing things in and through the world, right? Now, um, I think uh, one of the things that hesit causes hesitation for some people, and maybe, it's because, maybe you haven't given your life to Christ for this reason, you look at Christians and you say, you know, you might know a Christian who really is leading that life of, of working and serving and, and, uh, and putting others first, and you might say, 
man, is it really God's grace if I have to do all this work? If I have to do all of this work, why do I want this great gift? Whenever I was 20 years old, like I said, I lived with different family members in the States whenever I first moved there. And I lived with my grandfather, my mom's father. And I love him so much. What a great guy. But uh, sometimes I'm just like, what? This particular situation, he, uh, we, it was Christmas morning. I was having Christmas morning with them. And I opened up this beautiful present from him. It was this amazing razor, this electric razor that I could use. And it had this, these three heads, very practical, waterproof, charged, rechargeable, uh, cleaned itself, all these amazing features. And I was just shocked. I was like, what a great gift. And, uh, and he went on to tell me how proud he was about it and how happy he was to give it to me and told me all about the features and everything. And I was like, wow, thanks, Papa. This is great. And then he said, all right, so I wanted to buy you a $50 gift, but this one was $100. And I really liked it, so I went ahead and bought it, and so I figured you can give me $50 back. <laughs> and I just sat there. I actually, I said, come again? And then he told me again. And then, and then I said, okay, uh, sounds good. Because I did need a razor, and so I said, why not? I, I thought I was getting a gift that day. I didn't realize I was getting a sales pitch along with it. Uh, but that's my grandfather, and he's a millionaire now uh, because he's good with money like that. Really, really smart with his money. Um, and so, uh, so a lot of us think about Christianity that way. Uh, the outside word, world. I just talked to somebody who told me that he wanted to have some more fun still before giving his life to Jesus. Um, they think that we're going to receive the gift of God's grace, the gift of God's grace, but we're required to do all of these things. Isn't that kind of like more like duty or, or like a job? Or uh, why would we do all this work? Why are we doing... Why do we struggle? Why do we, why do we endure persecution and suffering? Why do, why do we push ourselves and stress, stretch ourselves and take on risks that we wouldn't normally do for Jesus? Why would Paul do that to himself? But even Paul says, I thank, verse, verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. He, he gets it that this is a gift. It's not a $50 razor that you have to pay $50 for. Yes, there is hard work. Yes, there will be suffering. Yes, there will be difficult things in life. This church is going through a difficult season right now uh, with, with death of loved ones. But even in this time, I want to say we are still gaining from that experience. We are still gaining. Paul says to live is Christ, to die is gain. Saying that if you die today, if you know Jesus, you will be with, with Jesus in heaven. And a lot of people think Christianity is just that. It's just fire insurance. You don't want to go to hell this is your, your get-out-of-hell-free card. But Jesus says, I have come so that you might have full life. Talking about right now. Life to the fullest. And so I want to argue that even in those difficult times, we are still gaining. If you look at those who have suffered the most, who have who've worked the hardest, who have slaved over, uh, over the gospel for the benefit of Jesus Christ and his glory, so often those are the ones who feel God's love so much. You can see it in their eyes. And you hear these amazing stories of what God is doing in their lives. And so I would argue that we are not, it's not a $50, $50 thing, but we are giving, we are getting the gift of salvation. And then as we give of ourselves, as we act on this grace, God keeps giving us more and more grace. To live is Christ. You get more and more of Jesus. Whenever you suffer alongside him, you get more and more of Jesus. You feel more of his presence. You, you stretch yourself to see him in new ways that you would never have thought before. 
Um, one last thought is some people might say, if God, this is, I'm serious, I hear, these, I hear these, uh, these questions, you know, people trying to get out of things. And they say, well, if God is so big and so good and so strong, and he loves us so much, why does he need us, broken people, to, to do anything? Why doesn't he just snap his fingers and do all the work for us? He would do it better. You know, he would do it at the right time, in the right place, in the right way. You know, why, why are we a part of things? I think it's a fair question. And it comes back to this grace issue. Uh, when my son, uh, Jake, was uh, two years old, he, um, he loved doing the laundry with me. And uh, you don't, do you still like doing the laundry with me? Yeah? Okay, he still does. But he used to do it with me. Every time I would do the laundry, he would run over here, and then he would start doing the laundry with me. And, uh, and so I would stop and let him do it with me. Now the question is, do, do I need the help of a two-year-old to do laundry? Am I capable of doing laundry myself? Of course, I can do laundry myself. But every time, I never stopped him. Every time I would stop what I was doing, I would take time to pick him up, help him do the, uh, do the detergent. I'd let him help me put the, the clothes in the dryer. Uh, even if he was putting in the dirty clothes in the dryer, I would let him do that, and then I would take it out and do it again. Um, it turned into this long process. It usually took a little bit longer. I definitely had to do a little bit more work, but he was a part of it. I didn't do it because I needed him to help me with it. I didn't allow him to help me because I needed him. I did it because I love my sons. I love being with my sons, and I love doing work with them. In the same way, if you've received God's grace... If you've been saved by Jesus Christ today, don't sit on it. Allow, allow him to, to work through you and work alongside him and receive this amazing rela relationship with God as you do the work of the Father. The more grace that we allow the world to see, the more grace we receive. Uh, not, I'm not saying the more forgiveness we received. I'm not saying the more salvation we receive. I'm not saying that. When you're saved, you're saved. Whether, whether you go and, and, and sin all day or, or go and do what God's calling you to do, I believe that 100%. But within us, you can feel it when you have that grace, the desire to do the things he has called you can, to do. And there is so much benefit from that. It is a, an infinite amount of grace that just keeps on coming. More and more gifts, more and more blessings come from following after his will and, and, and working the way he's called us to do alongside him in his ministry. It's not us doing the work, it's him doing it through us. Um, back to our, uh, our story of me completely forsaking my, uh, my artwork. Um, I was watching my sons as we were picking through the different uh, items on the, near the beach, it was, you know, in Swakop in that area. I guess it's there by the lighthouse. Um, and uh, we were being bombarded with all these vendors. Hey, 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 look at what I've got. And uh, my sons were about to throw in the towel, but I was like, let's, let's take time. Let's find the best thing that you want, the, the number one thing that you want. And they found these things. Boys, come up over here and come show them what you guys got. Real quick. Come on. All right, stand up. Stand up right here. All right. All right. So you see these beautiful necklaces these guys chose. And I want you to know, these boys have not put them down for a second. They love them so much. Is that right? 
Yeah? This morning, I woke up, and I was talking about this, that I wanted them to come show them, and Jake said, well, come see what I made. And uh, he had seashells decorated all around his necklace on the floor, almost like a shrine to his necklace. Uh, I don't recommend that, but, but, um, but it was beautiful. It was a beautiful, uh, he was so, he's so appreciative. Both of them are so appreciative of, the, of these necklaces they got. And in contrast to the way I treated my gift 17 years ago, that have been, has been in storage for 17 years, these boys have worn it every, I have to tell them to stop, to take it away or put it down when they're trying to eat or going to sleep. I have to remove it from them because they love it so much and they wear it so proudly. Is that right? Yeah? Yeah? All right, you guys can go sit down. And so, and so uh, when I look at that, this is the way we are to live. This is the way we are to hold on to our grace. Whenever we have met with Jesus Christ and received the free gift of his love, that is, I mean, if you think about it, is, is unfathomable. We can't, we can't ever process how amazing that is. That is how we are to live. We are to go through life with it on us for all to see. There shouldn't, be ever, shouldn't ever be a time whenever we are hiding it away in storage. It should always be a part of everything that we do whenever, like them, whenever they're eating and sleeping, whenever they're hanging out with friends, when I am talking to them, they want to talk about this, this amazing gift. They, wanted, they told their mother on the phone yesterday, they started telling her all about it and talking about why I chose this one and da 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 and, and that's the way we are to live. If we have really experienced God's grace, it must lead to action. It must lead to us living out that grace wherever we go. Otherwise, we're missing it. So I want to challenge you today. You probably know what I'm talking about right now. You probably have something in your mind right now that I'm already about to ask. The question is, what, where is that for you? Where do you need to exercise your grace today? I'm not just talking about forgiving someone, but the grace that's inside of you, the power that Paul says, it gives him his strength. The power that's inside of you to do good works, what is that leading you to do today? What, what tangible need are you holding on to too tightly because God's calling you to share with somebody? What, what, uh, what person are you afraid to forgive? And you need to forgive today. You need to call up and say, uh, I forgive you for what you've done to me because of the grace that God has given you. What person do you know that you need to share Christ with today because of what he's done in your life? What is that? Maybe it's right here in the church. Maybe, maybe you are a faithful giver of money, but you, you never serve. You actually never spend your time and your effort to help the ministry of your church. If, is that you? Maybe that's where you need to start today. What is it for you today that God is calling you to do? Not so that you earn not your salvation, not so that you can show the world how great you are, but that you can show the world how great he is, the things that he has done in your life. Share that grace with everyone. That's my prayer for myself, for my family, is that whenever they see us, they would know what he has done in our lives. Man, he has done amazing. Just this last year, I could do a whole other sermon on that. I won't. But just this last year, I could tell you, man, God has done so many things in my life um, because he started going like this in my in my my hands, he starts going, okay, just, let's just stretch this out. Let's pull these fingers back and start releasing things. And whenever I start releasing, I just start experiencing these amazing, amazing things. Whenever I don't, uh, I miss out every time. I'm guilty of that. I want you to know I'm, we all have areas where we can grow in this issue. But, but what is that for you today? I believe the Holy Spirit's probably putting it on your heart right now. Maybe, maybe for you, you've never experienced this grace at all. Maybe you've never experienced the gift of salvation in your heart. 
today. Maybe you are, are one of those sinners like the rest of us, but you have not received God's grace. Maybe you need to become a, a, a Christ follower for the first time. And if that's the case, I would I beg you to go talk to, to Brian or Dana Bullington or any of the staff here because they would love to visit with you about that. Let's pray. In Jesus' name I pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for, for loving us. Uh, thank you for how you died on the cross for us. I pray uh, that you would, you would help us not to just take this gift that you've given us and just and seal it up in our hearts, never to use it. Help us to, to love because you loved us. Help us to forgive because you forgive us. Help us to, to serve because you first served us. Help this grace to grow in each and every one of our lives. Help us to, to, to do things that can only be explained uh, by the work that you're doing in our lives, Holy Spirit. Uh, I just pray for all of these here. I pray for this church. I pray a special blessing over them, that you would continue to use them for your kingdom, for the, for the glory of you in, in this country, in this city, that we would see amazing things come out of the work that you're doing in each of every one of these lives. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is Rico Veca, and I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.